Welcome to the Volley Pod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volley Pod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning and welcome to the Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, it's all good. You're uh, you're down in my neck of the woods. We're in our new uh, Mission Beach uh, Volley Cave, trying to get things set up. Exciting time, Davis. Exciting stuff. Oh, so fun. We're branching out. <laughs> Man, it is it is a dream down here in South Mission. Not Beach. too bad down here. Not too bad. <laughs> Not we got the uh, little palm tree in the background. It's we don't see the top of the palm tree, just the trunk. <laughs> it's a little little wild there. We'll have to do a little painting behind us, I think. Or, <laughs> put something in there but uh exciting to get going today yeah. your your team is uh uh going uh gangbusters how's it going it's going great and uh, a lot of learning to be done right and uh that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is sort of implementing our offense and how we're starting to go ahead and get that set up um, cool so we got a great episode for you, for everyone set up today um Let's so you, get to it. Let's, let's get, get to, to it. it. And then uh, I'll jump in with uh, the end of season scenario toward the end of the pod. It'll be perfect. Perfect. So, okay. So today the skill is the tempo spread offense. Okay, and we're going to give you a bunch of stuff for the coaches and players to think about. So when... I, before you get started, I got a question for you. Sure. How good does your team have to be to do this? So that was going to be my first point. Okay, so, so I was I sorry to that's preempt a, no, you. That's there. perfect though, because that leads me right into it. Okay. I guess the the thing is, you really don't have offense until you need to evolve past just setting one player and that being enough to win the point. To me, that's when you've evolved into offense. Perfect. So um, if you have a great hitter that all you got to do is set it to them, you may never need to do any of this stuff that I'm talking about. And I've actually had that a couple of times where it's just like, this hitter's so amazing. I just, we don't even need to do any of this other stuff. We just set her right, right? once or twice. I've only had that on my, on my team. So it's rare, but generally they need to have hitters. That is need to have some opportunities, some advantage to try to score. Yeah. Right. And that's when we uh, look to try to run this tempo spread offense. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm right there. We put it into our high school program, maybe, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, uh, just because we thought that we were just less physical than the best teams we played. And we knew we were going to be less physical for a fair amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you're less physical, it's going to be hard to score on your own. So you got to create some advantages. And so we thought speed could be the advantage. So go ahead. Yeah. How, so, okay. how do you approach it? Well, so the first thing is to know the goal, right? The goal in the tempo spread offense is to create a one-on-one -on -one scoring opportunity. So that obviously with fewer blockers, it increases your hitting efficiency. And then once we have the one-on-one, -on -one, our goal is to rip hard around the block and be able to blow up a defender. Okay, so that's the first goal. Um, now, a few things to keep in mind. Um, when using a tempo spread offense, the first word obviously is tempo. So you got to define what you want for your tempos going to the, to the pins. I've been a part of many teams and we've never run super fast. I know you like to run super fast. It doesn't need to be super fast always to create the effect. It it can be better when you run fast offense. 
Um, but I guess what I mean is, and find, it can be worse, and it can be worse. Exactly. <laughs> so find the tempo that works for your team. I right. guess is what I mean. And then the spread part of that is keeping the middle, the left, and the right all getting a variety of attacks through them so that they can't cheat one way or another. Okay, so uh, that's the spread part of it. We want to spread the blockers out, okay, and then hit three. And you're in a 6-2 with three hitters. And we're in a 6-2 with with three hitters. And that makes it a little easier as far as keeping things kind of standard, like, hey, you're hitting a, you know, you call it a red set as you're set on the right. We call it a red, yeah. And so uh you don't have two hitter three hitter situation you're always in three hitters so you're always able to spread let me ask you a question how wide should the sets be so this is a great question because we were because you want to spread right on the other hand you know you don't want the antenna to be a defender that's exactly right and i've been (laughs) going more towards inside sets lately okay um i saw texas do it with great effect and you know t street kind of does it consistently and it's it's like you said, you don't want the antenna to be another defender. So let's try to play six on six. Right? Okay. So that's that's the thing. And and if it's tempoed right, it doesn't need to be so far, right? Yeah. So, so that's some things to think about. Now, but I think it is something that you could experiment with. Absolutely. Yes. And I think, but that's one of the questions I think we have to, you know, if you're Talk doing about. this, you have to get into is okay, well, where's the location? Yep. And if you're going super fast, that ball's flying past the pin. Right. Right. And then that's another issue that you have to deal with is can you pick it off at certain points? Yep. So there's a lot of different things to get in, but it's sort of a overall look at it. So um, the pins tempo must be quick enough to do one of the either one of the two things, either force the opposing middle blocker to leave early or to be stressed if she does not leave early. Okay. So that is that means you have enough tempo if you're doing that and they're still uh able to set up blocks then we probably have not used enough middle of the court pressure enough right side of the court pressure typically there's plenty of balls that go to the left side not as many go to the middle of the court and and probably second is on the right side so can we get the bic the pipe the first tempo quick to be something that holds the blocker right um, certain teams, you're, you're going to have to run first tempo in order to be do that, in order to do that. Cause some of these teams, they'll just leave as soon as they see where the set's going. So some of the teams you're going to need first tempo pressure, not just middle of the court pressure. Right. Um, but one of the things I hope people can take from this is like, try to get some of that offense out of the middle of the court. If you can get some offense out of the middle of the court, even if it's twos, that will do something to hold that blocker from being able to go pin to pin and close. So well, it, and and I will say it will also bring the bunch blockers in. Yes, and that's a great all of too. a sudden that can open up line attacks from the pins when the bunch blockers are worried about having to close in the middle of the court. That's a great point. Yes, absolutely. And and one of the things is it just when you are stretching and using the whole net, it it involves all three of their blockers and it doesn't allow them to have one blocker dominate the game. Right. So. Um, the goal is to freeze the opposing middle blocker to where they are either hedging the wrong way or actually leaving or just literally being frozen in their, in their stance. And if we can just freeze them, we think that's enough time. They don't have to be going the wrong way. And a lot of times, even on a good pass, they don't have, you know, they're not going to, a setter's not going against the grain or anything. 
if you have tempo and you spread it out and you've been using all three of your hitters, uh, it can be really, really difficult to close. That's, it's, it's interesting. Another thing to kind of think about is this idea. We've had hitters before who, you know, in the ideal situation, they get one-on-one -on -one and they have enough heat to blow up diggers. But if they don't, it's almost better if the middle gets there, but the space is late. Oh, because, I see. yes. Because then the block isn't well formed and they hit twizzle off the block because it's not well formed rather than the middle, rather than just blocking one on one, where if our kid doesn't have enough heat, yes. they just the libero and middle back. Oh, we can dig this kid. You don't need to block. That's a that's a great point. So, and, but I'll uh, say that happens often, right? You're like that's one of the huge reasons why you want to run tempo is like they'll you'll we'll run tempo and then not hit the ball great, and still it'll be a kill because they'll still be working back. It's hard to be a position. middle blocker. Yeah, it's hard to be a middle blocker against yeah. this tempo spread off. Absolutely. That's why. Yeah. So so here's what it is basically. So we're gonna go what we call a hut, which is a one second ball to the left side. Still pretty fast. Still pretty fast. So right. it's getting we out of no one faster second. than that. Yeah, we, we, we try to second. go pretty fast. Yeah, and we put it on a metronome. Okay. We have the middle audible. Okay, and our three things they can audible when we're in the six two are three one and back one. Okay. Okay. Then the right side's hitting what we call a red, which is about a one second ball to the to the right, and then we have a bic b or c, which is a, a second step ball to the back row as well. Okay. So we feel that we can use either the quick or the bick on almost any pass and get some middle tempo pressure. Um, and the goal is for our middle to pull the opposing middle blocker away from the hitter where we really want to set. So if we want to set the left, we'll, we'll have our middle run a one or a back one. If we want to set the right, we'll run the three and uh, be more likely to get one-on-ones over there. And um, I guess that's basically the fundamentals of the the tempo spread we could go a lot more into like the decision making and all this stuff but that's basically it you spread it out you set it with tempo try to occupy the middle try to create some one-on-ones hammer around the block should i score some points okay what questions yeah question number one sure how much can you run the middle as passes come off the net not as much because it's the You'd run the three, but if it's deeper than the 10-foot line, and it's difficult to run quick. Right. Yeah. So then as you move out, do you still keep the tempo fast to the pins, or do you say, hey, wait a minute, I'm out at 15 to 18 feet. I don't want that ball going fast not only now horizontally, but it's going toward the net. Right. Uh, or do you slow it down a little bit? So, so far, and we're early on in the season, and granted we'll do some tweaks later, but we've just said everything, if they're setter's hands on it, we're going with tempo. Okay. And so that's the rule. So yeah, if she can get to 18 feet, she's setting with tempo. Okay. And if not, as a non-setter, we're setting high balls. Okay. So, yeah, so that's, yeah, that would answer that one. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. And then the other thing we might mention is the, the what effect does this have on the back row defense? Because we talked about the effects on the blockers, mm -hmm. but we didn't talk about the effects on the back row. I think it's that's a great question, right? It stresses them getting back to their release position, right? 
um, which can cause so many good things to happen for your team, right? They're going backwards. You tip in front of them. Their momentum's carrying back. Um, or they stop short because they, you know, the ball's being struck, and then they can get blown up deep. Right. Right. So I think there's so many things that are positive that come out of the tempo. We played, we played sunshine last week, uh, 16 ones, and they did not hit the ball. They just ran super fast and then would fluff to the middle of the court. But because it was so fast, we're still adjusting a little bit yep. and it was enough to keep it's us hard, off yeah. guard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. It is tough. So yep. yeah. So, One I mean, more question. Sure. Can you add a setter floor dump and how do you oh, integrate it. that? Oh, I the love offense. the setter floor dump. I love to run it when we look like we're setting middle. I think that's okay. the best time because people are the most dug in. Okay. Right. So if you're going to set left, people could be a little bit lighter because they have some time to, um, you know, to, to move. But once the ball is set, but I love to run it on the three. Once that middle slid a little bit over, floor okay. dumped. And I want my setters to do more. Like I'm asking for at least one a game from each setter, at okay. least. Um, but I love the floor dump, and and I, yeah. And and the other thing I would say with the tempo spread offense, it's really not age dependent. I see a lot of younger teams going away from it, and I would say if if those first two things we talked about are true, like just go for it. I think it's sometimes easier to set with tempo, especially not lightning fast, right? But yeah, that, I, yeah, I, I agree. I've we got into this a little bit in the past and and I hesitated for a long time to speed things up to the pins because I thought you had to have an elite setter. Right. And we ended up just saying, hey, no, we're going to train it. And we trained our setters. And, you know, if they're setting that tempo all the time, they just get used to it. and They get accurate yep. setting that tempo. And I thought we were going to have a, a bunch of unhittables. And we had a, no more unhittables than we did when we were going slower. Right. And it was the same amount. Yeah, absolutely. And it's fun. It's so fun. Right. The kids yeah. like it. And kids I think like that's, it. that's something too. Hey, and when you beat them with speed, it's fun. It's absolutely fun. Cool. So right on. So fun play stuff. with it. Let us know what you think. And we're on to the scenario. Got a really interesting scenario today. So my scenario about? is I'm right in the middle of it right now. And I, I can't give away too many uh, hints because... Uh, we go this Sunday and a lot of stuff's happened is, is a surprise. Uh, but we're talking about the end of the season. What do you do to wrap up your season? And I'm going to take you through kind of the evolution of our team banquet and the stuff that we do, uh, maybe give some folks some ideas. I know it's a little different with club, but I think there's some things you can do even now to think about, um, as far as preparing now, to make it easy for yourself at the end of the season. Okay. So you're kind of gathering materials through your season. So when the end comes, you're ready and you're not trying to dig back and find stuff like I've been doing all week. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's cool. So first of all, we'll start with kind of big picture always, you know, our season goal and our season goal is to make uh, that season the most enriching and the most fun team experience we've ever had. Nice. And that's for coaches and that's for players. Okay. And so our banquet is important because it's a celebration of that. Hey, were we able to do that? And can we share those enriching and fun experiences? So we walk away and go, hell yeah, we did it. Yes. <laughs> that was the right. most fun team experience we've ever had. So that's the, that's the goal. Uh, we give it some space. Okay, so our season ended in November. 
uh, and we have the holidays there and a bunch of stuff going on. So we do ours in January. We try to pick a, a weekend that's kind of easy with club. And so after Martin Luther King is usually the one we choose. So we have it coming up this weekend. Uh, and we have, uh, it's fun to get the band back together. Yes. You know, it's fun to have some space. If you do the banquet the next week, then it's like, hey, everybody, it's like, hey, everybody knows what everybody's doing. But when you say people travel over the holidays, uh, a bunch of stuff happens. So uh, we give it some space. Um, we also have, a, we wrap it around a meal. Okay. Um, you can't always, you know, kids love to eat. Coaches love to eat. So we do it. We're doing it at a, a parent's house. We've done it at school. We've done it at restaurants. Um, the parent house is, is nice if somebody offers. Um, it's comfortable. The kids can kind of, you know, roam around a little bit. You're not contained in a restaurant when uh, we're, we have our kind of presentation. There's no noise going around. So, so we like that. Uh, and uh, so we start with that. We catch up during the meal, you know, coaches, players, parents, uh, and then post meal, we start the presentation phase and, uh, the bank or the video is always one of the highlights of the banquet. Yes. I spend a fair amount of time putting yeah. the video together. I was just showing you a couple clips before, uh, now it's a lot easier. I used to have to cut all the video and now I have huddles. So I'm able to just kind of do that. If I were smart, I would be, you know, banking clips all year and I start the year banking two clips and then I get get, get too distracted and go, nah, I'll do it later. Yeah, that's a good uh, idea though. I need to do uh, that. But if you have your favorite clips and you just put them in a, you know, you just, as you see them and huddle, you go through, ah, this will be fun to show at the banquet. This will be a classic one. Uh, so uh, our video, it, uh, it highlights each player. So each player is shown in there. Uh, we celebrate the senior. Uh, there's always some uh, inside jokes or humor, <laughs> something that the, the kids get and the parents don't. They have to explain <laughs> it to the parents what's going on. Uh, and, you know, this one, it's usually between, you know, 10 and, you know, 10 and 20 minutes. This one I have this year is a 15 minute video. Uh, and, you know, the other thing I was telling you this a little bit uh, pre-pod is that not only am I making the video, uh, you know, for the banquet, but it also, because I have some time before I've seen my team, now all of a sudden I'm seeing all these things like, oh, we didn't teach this. Oh, look at this. We thought mm -hmm. she was getting better, but she wasn't. We didn't stress this enough. And so I'm taking notes when I'm watching all this video and it's a good little piece of coaching education for me, a great point. you know, two months after, because in the middle of it, you know, you don't see everything. Give it a little space for yourself, yep. right? Yeah, it's good, yep. for sure. And then post video, uh, that's kind of my, uh, as head coach, that's kind of my section where I do the presentation and we always start with uh, gratitude uh, for everyone who helped. Uh, and, you know, that starts with, uh, we usually put that, you know, I put it in credits at the end of the video. And then that's the first thing I mentioned. So it's easy. So we just, we repeat it. So, you know, we'll thank, you know, trainers, people like that. We'll thank the athletic administration. Of course, we thank uh, team parents always do a lot for us. So we thank them. I usually get them bouquets and uh, present those to the team parents. 
and thank the coaches, of course, uh, for them. I usually take them out uh, for, for meals and beverages. So that's how they get uh, okay. uh, the, the gratitude shown to them. That's cool. And then uh, at the end, thank all the parents. Uh, and we this year we're thanking parents who um, took a bunch of photos okay. that we have in the in the video. So we thank them. So it's just expressing gratitude to everyone outside the program. I think it's good for kids to see that. Uh, oh, yeah. Good modeling for them, and it's just uh, it's it's good to do. A lot of people, you know, help make our season special. Then we get into player intros. Okay. No awards. Oh, interesting. You're no no team awards. awards. Okay. And uh, it was funny when I got at, at Bishop's, uh, you know, they, they were used to uh, MVP, most mm -hmm. improved, best attacker, best defense. They had this big litany. Uh, I got to do all these. Go, oh, yeah, because we got to put those on our, our college thing. We got to do them. And I was trying. It took me, I think, about seven years to get rid of them. And I would talk to my, I would talk to the group every year. I'm like, hey, this is the year I want to do it. You know, this is the reason, you know, why are we celebrating these individual accomplishments at the end when we're trying to stress team? Uh, and, you know, the players are all coach. It's a really good idea. I think you should start it next year. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Yeah. <laughs> but finally, right. I got a group to go with go me. With so this. once I did it one year, now yeah, no awards. And instead, yeah. we get a little, uh, a keepsake gift. Right. And I showed you ours. It's a secret. They don't know what it is. Okay. So I can't tell Save them what it is. Pod. But, yes. you know, we'll do little like uh, we've done those little shower slippers okay. that have our logo on them. Just, okay. you know, you know, they're, they're, you know, stuff you can buy online. We've engraved some little stuff. And so it's a keepsake. That's that cool. They'll see and kind of remind them of the team. Something that has pictures on it. It's always good. So, uh, so uh, we get into, uh, you know, we, I talk about each player. We give them their gift. Uh, if they get a letter, uh, if we have an academic award, we do the ABC Academic Award. We try to give them certificates there, kind of reinforce this idea of being a scholar athlete. Um, and the more I've done this, the more I see how important this is because it's a it's a great opportunity. You have all the parents there, you have all the kids there, and it's a great opportunity for values clarification and reinforcement. Yes. Because what am I mentioning? Am I mentioning our most valuable, our best attacker, the kid we set a bunch of sets to? I might say, hell, it was cool. This kid came, you know, with clutch in this match or something. We set her three times, got three kills to win. I might say something like that. But in general, I'm uh, focusing on, hey, what was this kid's contribution to the team? How did they sacrifice? How were, was this kid resilient? Uh, how is this kid a leader and all those things we think are important. If I talk about just the volleyball stuff, then the they think the volleyball stuff yeah. is important, but I'm talking about the, the team stuff. Such a good uh, point. Yeah. Sure. So, and then I always try to mention non-volleyball stuff players do, you know, we have, you know, you know, our girl, Audrey, you know, she is uh, a speech and debate uh, With, expert. Yeah. yeah. So she's into that. So just, you know, getting it so you really value the whole kid and it's not just, you know, that you can pass or serve or whatever. That's cool. Uh, I start with the underclassmen, end with the seniors, uh, express my gratitude to the, for the seniors for their contributions. With the seniors especially, I try to remind everybody of their kind of evolution 
and their progress through the years. That's cool. cool. Kind of trace that. And that's the one fun thing about coaching high school, a little different than club. Uh, But you still, even in club, you can start beginning of the year, end of the year. A lot of times there's a a big, you know, improvement there. Uh, And then uh, the last thing we do is we kind of draw that line and say, okay, that was last year. Now we start next year and we announce the captains. That's cool. And we give out our captain stars. There's usually two. We vote at the end of our season. So okay. all of the players are vote, including the seniors who are graduating. So That's this cool. year we had 12 people on our team. There were 12 votes and we tally them up and we keep it a secret. And we announce that and we say, okay, these are the leaders. And then we start, uh, you know, I'll start working with those leaders. Uh, we read a little Jeff Jansen book and okay. we start getting into leadership right now. That's so cool. Right on. And that's it. So tell me a little bit about club. What have you done in club? Because club's a little different animal. Club is in, in that you're transitioning so quickly from club back into school. You don't have a ton of time after a lot of time. Well, and people want a vacation. Want, yeah, want and a vacation. hey, the season is so dang long. Exactly. What do you do? Well, I think... It's important to get them together. I usually, I don't do awards or anything like that, but I'll do something at someone's house, more of a casual, like, I don't know, summer get together kind of okay. thing. And I, I do think it's it's really powerful. You know, yeah. it's really good, builds them up for the next year and just kind of puts a cap on it. Let's everyone say how good it was. And when I like did, that. when I had LJK, we would put grass courts up on the quad at Bishop's. Oh, okay. And so we'd have the family there and we had a potluck. And we do it out there and then we we do videos and we'd go into the, the science presentation center and watch it in there. So it was cool. That's cool. So uh that was how we did it there. But it was a little little more casual, you know, a bunch of people weren't there, but we would do it with the whole club. So there were still a bunch of people. That's cool. Uh and then each coach would kind of introduce their kid. That's um because we had, you know, four or five teams in our club. So I got I got two things about this. Um, can I? Oh, that's so, I, so I'm looking, and that's kind of what I asked you about clubs. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. So the one is, have you ever seen humor go wrong in a banquet? Because I have, and it was not pretty. Ooh. Where the, they would try to be funny, and they'd give little gag gifts to each player, and some of the players did not take it all too kindly. Interesting. Well, I, I think that's a great point. I think, hey. You know, hopefully we know our kids by then. And hey, you think gag gifts and you know the the spirit of your kids and who that is. And and hopefully by that time, you know, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I haven't, you know, I tease kids and, and well, yeah, I, yeah, I was just and saying. I think that I, I mean, I don't really, you know, I we have things that, you know, we have we have a blooper in okay. our video that's cool um so there's a blooper but that blooper is made its rounds through the team <laughs> and they kind of already know yeah. so when they see it they're gonna laugh um and it's a blooper of a kid you know uh you know tripping on the cord or whatever right. you know so it's yeah uh so no but it's an interesting thing that's an interesting one and then the other one i would say is I've also seen when coaches, when they haven't had their best year, they're kind of like, well, it wasn't really our best year, that kind of thing. And I don't know if I would recommend that. I would just, even if it's not your best year, I wouldn't, I would just still focus on what was great about the season. Not the time. Yeah, it's not the time. So once again, it's a time when you're, you have values clarification. 
and are you showing that you're disappointed with this group because maybe you weren't as fit as <laughs> I mean that you don't want to show that hey right. you're there to celebrate right. you're there to celebrate it's a time to accentuate the positive and eliminate <laughs> the negative, the negative. <laughs> it's, it's hey it's not the time for brutal honesty right yeah <laughs> that's for the coaches afterwards going out and having a meal and a beverage yes exactly. you can be brutally honest there <laughs> right but not in front of the, the whole crowd yeah no that's a good point well, what a great scenario. I think there's a lot cool. to learn from that. All right. You, so, what do you have videos? Did you have some for videos. the offense? Did you, what's that, you find some stuff I, on the AOC site? I found some site. great stuff on AOC. And there's, surprise, there's a, surprise. They had a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And there's a bunch on there. Um, but the three that I found were excellent. And these will be in the show notes. So please go check them out. The, one is, the first one is finding gaps and overloading blockers, which is essentially the principles we talked about in uh, our spread offense. So that's a really great video to check out. The next one is how a fast offense can give your team an edge. Talk about pushing the tempo a little bit. Perfect. Perfect. And then the other one we talked about was uh, another Jim Stone video, offense with multiple attack points. And we really didn't get into this too much, but I like this idea of being able to hit the ball at different points across the net. We talked about that a little bit on, hey, where are we setting on the pins? Yes. So, but I like that idea of naming some spots. And, well, you watch Texas do that and yep. say, hey, we want to expose that right side block. So we're just going to set it inside to make that right side blocker have to block a bigger area yep. and yep. not have to be out by the pin where the hitters kind of constricted. Yeah, right? exactly. That's so, a good one. Cool stuff. So, right on. So what's our resource for the week? Our resource is we're going right up. We're going homeschool on the resource to the okay. AOC YouTube channel. Okay. Art of Coaching YouTube channel. It's a great way to get some exposure to great videos. Um, they have playlists on their own skills. Uh, today I was on there. I was checking out Tom Hilbert's How to Teach Winning. Okay. Uh, some great stuff. Tom just retired from Colorado State. And I, I, was, I hadn't seen him do that. And I was going, hey, I'm picking up some tips on teaching winning. Awesome. Uh, I like to win. You know that, Dave. Yeah, I know you like we to like win. We like to win. Yes, that's right. We do. <laughs> hey, and, uh, you know, the other thing is they'll have the Volleypod on there. The Volleypod's on there. So a little, really little cool. plug for Yeah. What a great yeah. episode. Fun, Davis. Thanks Good so stuff. much, Todd. Appreciate I it. I enjoyed it. I now I'm, the spread offense has me excited. Right on. <laughs> Take see, care. See you next week.